Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we have a really great interview for you guys today, so we're going to get right into that. But first, we just want to remind you that we are taking on a few contributors for the blog. So if you are interested in joining as a writer or a content creator, please email us at heartandhustlepodcast.com. Awesome. And also, if you are listening on iTunes, I want you guys to go ahead and rate and review. Let us know how you like the episodes, especially this one, because I think you're really going to like it. It's a good one. um, Be sure to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcast and on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. And uh, use our hashtag, BossSoHard, because we really like going out and seeing you guys tweet us. We just had like a funny tweet about um, guests not showing up last (laughs) from our episode from Sunday. So I thought that was funny that somebody else agree with us so yeah you guys interact with us on social media leave us comments on soundcloud and everything and we'll get straight into the interview all right guys enjoy hi guys so we're so excited because we have ali lehman here of the wonder jam on the podcast and we're so excited to talk to you so for people who don't know what you do and what you're doing with the Wonder Jam and what that is, even though the name sounds fancy and sparkly. Name. It's the <laughs> it's like, best the Wonder name. Jam, what's that? Yes. Could you tell our audience members what you do and um, how, how it's happening in Columbus? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I own the Wonder Jam, which it is a very, you know, people always hear it and they're like, what is that? Um, I started it with my husband in 2013 and um, we generally call ourselves a branding studio. Uh, we do branding, web design, print design, um, photography, and then small business coaching. So we're working with really tiny businesses, you know, cause a small business can also be a huge business. So we say tiny because we're usually working directly with the business owner. Right. Um, about, I would say 60% of our clients are local here in Columbus, Ohio, which, uh, I don't think gets the love. It doesn't get the love that it deserves, but it's a really great city. It's a lot different than Ohio as a state. Um, It's a really young and vibrant community, especially with Ohio State being here. Um, But yeah, we have a lot of fun. We also do a lot of our own side projects, painting, roasting coffee. So depending on what week it is, my answer about what the Wonder Jam is changes, but (laughs) that's my answer this week. I feel like that's the best part of entrepreneurship is that you don't have to like Put yourself in one box and stay there. Right. You can exactly. do whatever you want. And you and, like, uh, you know, Daniel Evans is in Columbus, too. Like, you guys yeah. make it sound so awesome. So I'm always like, <laughs> I want to go to Columbus. You should like, visit. You should totally I, visit. No, I, yeah, I have Danielle, to come up. Danielle is always, like, amazing me with her work. Like, I just Seriously. Can't get over it. Uh, I can't get over it. Like, my yeah. favorite story, is, like, I like to tell people is that my daughter puked in front of her at... <laughs> No. <laughs> my favorite story. Tale. I tell the story all the time. It's my favorite thing. That's hilarious. Fun fact, my it. daughter peeps in front of my heroes. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good 
conversation starter. You yeah. know, you're like, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> so you balance all of these different things. You wear a lot of hats and self-care is important to you and important because of all the things that you're doing. So when did you begin to focus on self-care and how has that made an impact on your career? Yeah, it's been a, it's been huge for me. In 2012, I went gluten-free, which is like such a buzzword and like, you know, people can kind of make fun of it, but um, I was dealing with a lot of health issues and, um, you know, getting sinus infections like four to five times a year. And so my sister was diagnosed with celiac in 2009. So I was like, you know, I don't really want to invest the money to get tested. I just started my own freelancing business full time. So I started experimenting with food because it was like somewhat of an affordable way to see, you know, could I, could I get to the root of the cause of why I was feeling so bad? Um, and so like over the next four years from 2012 to 2016, I really experimented directly with what I was putting into my body and seeing amazing results. Like I was addressing a lot of, um, all of the issues that I was struggling with just physically that could really, um, slow me down. You know, like when you, I remember getting the flu and being out for, for three full days and thinking, you know, this would have been difficult with my day job before I quit, but this is a whole nother type Seriously. of, yeah. you know, like three days out where you can't even like answer an email really throws you off. So, um, since starting like making those changes, like I don't really get sick anymore. Um, I started seeing a functional integrative MD here in Columbus and, um, had suffered with allergy like symptoms since I moved here and those are gone. So it's really allowed me to get that energy back. And, um, you know, I spend more money on my food now, but it's in the grand scheme of things, you know, worth it. You know, my, you start understanding what your hour is worth or what your time is worth. Um, and before when I was dealing with these like more like sinus allergy symptoms, I wouldn't be able to book a meeting before noon, you know, cause it took so long for me to feel normal. So, um, it, it wasn't until I addressed a lot of those health issues that I could start getting a little bit more luxurious with like taking time off and delegating. Um, it's like this, this constant process. You can't do everything at once. And I think that's where people get overwhelmed where they're like, I'm going to sleep more. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat well. Um, and it's a lot to take on as an entrepreneur, you know, to do all of those things at once. It's almost, it feels impossible. Um, shout out to anyone who has children as well. I don't have children. <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't oh know my God. Do I know. Um, I don't understand how it works. Like I don't, I'm like, I I have a full-time job just taking care of myself. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. So um, it's, it's really amazing to see people put themselves first and, or put others first, you know? And I think I'm at the point now in 2017 where I have, um, a more holistic approach to just life where the things that aren't important don't need to stress me out. And I can take 18 days off during the holidays. And, um, it took a long time to get there. Um, but really when you look back on it, four years, isn't really that long. No, it's not at all, but it's important that you know what you had to do and work towards getting there. And I think that's a lot of people instantly want that gratification of, I need to take time off. And it's like, no, you guys have to put work into it. It sucks. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you literally wrote the book on introversion for yes. being creative, it was like actual book. And I'm going to put a link to the show notes, show notes that I talked about it before on our yeah. um, episode about introversion and being creative introverts. So how do you, what does it mean to manage your energy? 
you because that's something that really I didn't even think about until you literally wrote that book. Like I didn't think about, you know, oh, energy is so important. I need to put time into that. So what does that mean? Yeah. So I went through, um, I would say it was like before I approached, you know, my eating and like how I was nourishing my body, I was dealing with anxiety and, um, before I would travel, I would get this like insane anxiety and it was like, I'm not afraid of flying. I'm not like afraid of new places, but, um, I realized over some really painful trips that, um, when I'm not in control of my time or who I'm around, it sounds like such a high maintenance request, but I get really overwhelmed. And it was because of, um, it was basically me not understanding that I was introverted. So introverted doesn't mean that I'm like awkward or I'm like afraid of speaking in public. It's really just about how I get energy. So I don't get energy from being around people. I have to have energy in order to enjoy those group trips or spending time with um, like a large group of friends. And so I get energy from spending time alone um, and I energize that way. So I manage my energy as an introvert now um, by choosing who I spend time with or who my clients are and um, understanding that my evenings are a lot more calm and a little bit more chill because day in and day out, I'm with our team members, I'm with clients, I'm in meetings, I'm presenting my work, which is vulnerable in and of itself. You know, you're seriously and and, yeah, and being like, so what do you think? and I treat myself with alone time. So I work full time with my husband and we joked on Valentine's Day. He looked at me, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the movies by myself so that <laughs> you can hang out and do what you need to do. Um, and so I think it's understanding like when are you actually refueling and when are you wasting time on your phone or when are you like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to decompress. I think I'm going to go online shopping. Like that's, that can be like a neutral task, but it's not something that like necessarily refuels you. Um, and I've had to learn all of that kind of the hard way. Like that anxiety was very confusing. Um, but now I feel much more like a normal person. And in that ebook, I talk about how, um, being an introvert doesn't need to be a crutch. You know, you can actually be a full functioning human being in, in society if you take care of yourself. So, um, the contrast like from four years ago to now is way different. Now I don't get those. I don't allow myself to get into those places where I'm just like so exhausted from being around people because I feel like I'm, I'm not biting off more than I can chew. And I'm uh, supplementing a lot of that social activity with quiet time, which is great for me. Yeah. I had no idea that I was an introvert also. And for years, like I just thought because I'm friendly and everyone's like, Oh, you're so extroverted. So like, I just assumed I was, And when I started, like, suffering, like, I've always been an anxious person, but when I started having, like, full-on anxiety attacks and, like, it was kind of getting in the way of just, like, my everyday life, like, I really started learning about, like, like, being an introvert. And I was like, oh, my God, like, everything just fell into place. (laughs) And my whole life made sense. I was like, this makes so much sense. And most of my good friends are extroverts, which makes sense because they, like, take all my energy, basically. Like, I love them, but they just take it all. And so (laughs) I couldn't understand, like, why, like, why am I this way? Like, why do I, like, cancel plans last minute? Like, I might just, like, flighty. And then I realized, like, wow, like, it's just because it takes so much out of me. So now I spend a lot of time introverting and I don't feel bad about it and what's great is like yeah. I do have friends now I think a lot of entrepreneurs are introverts I, I yeah really I was gonna do. say most of my friends yeah, are introverts of, yeah, like most of my friends now like now that I'm an entrepreneur are introverts and so it's like they're very understanding about me just being like all right guys bye like exactly. I need to go be alone 
I totally, and I think that's so interesting. I like, I think too, anyone who's, who's channeling energy into creating an online tribe or, you know, a friends, even, you know, like I met a lot of my friends online. It's such a nice way to, like, I was just direct messaging someone on Instagram where we're like, we obviously have the same taste in books. And I think it's cool to get to know people in that way that's low pressure you're not spending four hours with them you know hanging out yeah um, but then challenging yourself to take that offline you know like okay now let's hang out in person and um it's been fun like you said to learn about yourself and then make adjustments you know like maybe it is finding friends that you have more um you have more interest in common or something like that so I totally relate I remember that like light bulb moment where I'm like oh no I think I realized what's what's the issue, you yeah. know, and I even in my ebook talk about when I was younger, I was labeled as like homesick all the time. I actually wasn't homesick. I was just like, I need my own space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yep. So as creatives, do you feel we stifle our creativity by chasing that always hustle mentality? Yes, I for sure do. Um, I really don't relate to like, I understand the word hustle as far as like you're trying to get something off the ground and we've both we've all been there like you, you do put in a lot of work on the upfront but I don't pride myself in like oh I'm so busy and things are so crazy and like um glorifying this this lifestyle where you can't relax um and I understand that that's a luxury you know like I I feel that I think it's a necessity to be able to be to be in a restful state or to take care of yourself. But I also understand the reality of what it was like the first few years of owning a business. And so I think that shouldn't be the goal. I think that, um, when you're just trying to get in a lot of, a lot of work in more like quantity versus quality that it can affect how creative we are. But I also, I partook in a challenge last year where I painted a painting every day for a hundred days. And someone might say that that was like, you know, I was hustling or whatever, but the difference is, I think, is just consistency and being patient with yourself. And um, I think when you constantly create out of the desire to create, it becomes easier and you become more creative. So I think it's sort of, um, I don't know, there's a balance to it all. I would love to hear what you two think. Yeah, I definitely agree. First of all, your hundred, and I feel like I was totally obsessed with your hundred dates painting. I was like, "Are you having a show?" And you were like, "I am." I'm like, "Thank goodness!" Like, I'm so happy that you're having a show because they were all so gorgeous. Like, it really was. And I never felt that you were, you know, trying because I guess I've kind of fake online knew you for a while, so I kind of felt like this was something that you you know you wanted to do and that's why it was so easy for you to do i have tried yeah. to do projects for like even like 30 You've days like a month though yeah. done but really I, it's really difficult for me it's to get so to 30 hard. days and so for you to get like 100 days it's really because you had that passion you really felt like exactly. you you know you wanted to do it it makes it easier to do versus exactly. putting yourself in a bubble where you feel like i have to post this because if i don't right. i'm not being accountable and somebody's gonna call me out all this other you know crazy yeah. stuff so i really um even though hustle's in our name of our podcast i think people will kind of think that we're kind of well and that's that why mentality. i feel like because we have that like we we talked about from 
the beginning, like, you know, heart and hustle. Yeah, so it's that yeah, balance. Yeah. Right. And I think our first tagline before we had Boss So Hard, like, I had this really, really long tagline that was about, like, finding balance in Probably. your everyday <laughs> as a black creative entrepreneur. Yeah, like, it just went on and on and on. And we're like, okay, right. let's just do Boss So Hard. <laughs> like, slow down. <laughs> yeah. It's short and sweet. But that's the thing is, like, when I read, when I first heard about your podcast, there's still an element that I relate to. Like, there are we all remember those initial, like the first few years where you're like working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's seasons, like there's seasons of saying yes Absolutely. to everything and seasons where you've learned, okay, I shouldn't say yes to everything. And then you kind of get inspired again to say, sure, I'll do a hundred day challenge. Um, and so I think that when hustle is the only element present that people, people face burnout. I think that, yeah you have to have the passion and the love and you have to, Adam and I are constantly asking ourselves, why are we doing this? You know, and if you can't answer it, if you just feel like you have to, then you're, you're not taking care of yourself and you're really not taking care of your clients. If you have a service-based business. That's so true. Yeah. I think as an entrepreneur, you constantly have to go back to your why. You You have to remind yourself of that because what we do is not easy. So you know, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that, and sometimes you have to re-ask yourself and sometimes the why changes over time. Yeah, exactly. I think too, we've seen a lot in our own clients and in our own business, um, even the start of this year being, you know, people going through a lot of emotions and realizing like, okay, this is where we become a little bit more bold and why we do things and why we empower the people that we empower. And um, that's been really great for us. It's It's been... I feel like the whole conversation leading up to this one, even on this podcast of talking about the different ways in which we take care of ourselves, it's the whole mentality of like, you know, um, take the oxi- oxygen mask before you help someone else. Yeah. Like you That's have so to take true. care of yourself. And then you can focus on other people um, really well. Yep. I definitely agree because you can't get to a point in your business where you can give that kind of, you know, um, advice or kind of help when your clients are having the same, because everybody, I feel like the same thing with our clients, a lot of our clients are had a kind of emotional start of year. And mm-hmm. if we weren't taking care of ourselves, we wouldn't be able to take on that yeah. kind of burden or responsibility yeah. really to try You'd to keep crying. them afloat. Yeah, you just, you basically just be like crying. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I think it, it, and you see this in any relationship, like a friendship or a romantic relationship where, um, you, have to take care of yourself the minute you're like dependent on that other person to give you know if you're depending on a client to bring in all of your income or to help fulfill your creative needs then I think that's where you get into trouble yeah that's definitely true so you also work with your husband like I do I'm Adam who also is amazing and creative and does creative stuff so if you guys aren't following him on Instagram follow him figure out what he's doing so what are some ways that you guys both collaborate to help maintain your energy levels because I find myself doing that Mm -hmm. consistently when your husband is your business partner you both have to do that so what are some ways that you guys um do that with each other yeah Yeah. so um Adam is an extrovert and I am an introvert which Um, works really well in that I have helped him find a lot of balance in, hey, you don't need to hang out with everyone all the time, um, every week, every day, (laughs) because, you know, even extroverts can get a little tired. And depending on who they're hanging out with, you know, certain people can still exhaust them. You know, we're all human. Um, And he has helped me 
not become a hermit, you know, like he, over the course of our seven and a half years of marriage, he's been able to say like, Hey, we should be social or we should go do this thing or we should go out to eat. Um, where I naturally would want to just go home every night and <laughs> put on my pajamas. Um, and so in our work life, you know, he has, we've been able to balance like who needs to be in this meeting? Do we both need to be in this meeting? Can you take this for me? Um, could you sort of screen this type of client if they want to work with us or maybe vice versa? Um, and then bringing on people to work with, like I manage and work with our developer full time virtually. So that works really well for me. I can be really organized. I'm not sitting next to him 24 seven. Um, but we always have a group of interns in here and we have people around the office that um, help the studio run smoothly. And that addition has been really great for Adam as an extrovert. It hasn't been horrible for me because of all of the self-care and choosing who actually is around. Um, but it, it allows Adam to not, you know, when we first started, we were working out of our apartment and for an extrovert that would like make, that makes them go crazy. Yeah. Um, and so it's this balance of, helping each other we help each other um you know keep our energy levels up but also um you know carry the team when the other person can't so I think that's that's really important of any partnership and we've both been a part of other businesses where um the same rules apply you know like whether they're your significant other or a sibling or a parent I think that um that honesty and being like we said earlier, you have to say like, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point? What is our, what are our goals and our mission? Um, because, you know, when we decided as the Wonder Jam that our studio would be more of a community hub locally, then even if you're tired and you don't want to host an event and you want to go home, when you can go back to the why, it really motivates you and it, it helps clarify, okay, no, this is, this is like a part of our mission. Um, and we said yes to this because we really believe in it. So I think that we keep each other accountable in that way and we can look at it, we can look at one another and, and identify when the other person's tired or when they need more energy. And I think that makes people feel really comfortable, you know, no matter how they, they cross your path, whether they're a client or a contractor or, um, you know, a collaborator. So it's been really great. So the Wonder Jam has grown like so much in the past few years, like, which is really just a great testament to balancing hard work and self-care. So what are some tips that you have for other entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their businesses without, you know, going through burnout? Yeah, we've scaled slowly. Like, you know, we've grown a lot, but we've scaled really slowly. Um, and we see a lot of agencies around the world or locally or, you know, the country that, can take on a lot of big projects or high paying clients and they have to hire in bulk. And then when that client leaves, they have to lay off in bulk. And so we've worked really hard to find people who, um, one from like a team perspective, people who are very invested in the kind of work that we do and they feel a connection to, um, you know, how we have even created the environment that exists. And so um, I think that that is really huge and finding people who don't just need like you know hey i need to make eighty thousand dollars a year and i'm like oh that's cool well, you should <laughs> you don't there's no job here for you <laughs> so it's people who also have other passions and other revenue streams like our developer who works for us um he also is in a band and so 
Um, he makes money that way and he has other passions beyond just developing websites. And so that's been really important. And then from a client standpoint, um, we really focus on, you know, whether it's a good fit or not. And so um, we're very much open to um, taking that process pretty slowly and identifying, um, you know, is this a good fit for them and for us? And um, you know, not over promising. And so we're not like other smaller agencies where we um, agree to do services that we don't offer and then find someone who can do that. We really just, we focus on the work that we really love to do. So um, when you take, when you're not urgent in taking on work and when you're not desperate, I think you can take on work or team members a lot more um, slowly. And that, that to me really avoids that burnout. Um, you avoid that when you feel inspired and motivated by the people around you. And I really like the tip of finding people who have other passions because that's been one of our biggest things is finding because we're, you know, slowly trying to hire and we're like, we yeah. can, uh, you know, I, I, my brain, like I must, I want to be the superhero where I provide somebody like a salary that they can live off of and go on vacation in Aruba. And it's like, it's not so realistic. <laughs> I'm not making that kind of money myself. That, so, yeah. uh, Finding someone that has different passions actually helps manage that because they can do something. They have their own thing, you know what I mean? I like doing that job is not the only thing that they're doing. So that's actually really good advice. Yeah, and it's definitely different than what other people are doing. Like other other agencies and studios, um, they they want like top talent, and it, they in order to do that, you have to. For us, at least, we find you have to start bending like who your ideal client is or who your what your ideal project is. Right. So if I want to pay someone, you know, even forty thousand dollars salary with benefits and and um, you know, vacation time, then I need to to start working with a different type of client, and I'm right. not sure that's the life that I want to create. So I think. Um, growing always seems very like sexy and very like the ultimate goal but how do you want to grow um you don't have to grow like everyone else so you know there's been some really great examples of um you know other brands that or other agencies um you know nationally that I think I I respect and um it really requires each team member to also sort of have their own freelance work or, um, you know, understand that in order to join the Wonder Jam team, you have to um, kind of grow into that position. It's not just like quit your other job, join here full right. time. So it takes that patience, which is, you know, what we've all been experiencing, you know, since we started this and nothing feels overnight. Um, I think if something happened overnight, it would almost be a little like unnerving. Yeah, that would stress me out. Yeah. So do you use any apps or programs to help keep yourself balanced in your day-to-day life? (sighs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Gosh, I had a list. Let me pull them up because when it, this is like the question we were talking about before where you're like, I can't think of any. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You're like, oh, and then like you hang up and then you'll log into the you thing remember. that you use yes. <laughs> like yeah. right after. Um, exactly. I'm actually going to think about that. Oh yeah. So we use, um, as far as like even online tools, is that cool? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. So, um, time tracking has actually been really interesting for us. Um, 
we have been bad about time tracking in the past few years and we're just now getting to the point where we have to understand how much time does something take yep um and because we charge mostly based on like flat fee you know there's there's sometimes you probably understand where like a project ends and you're like i don't want to know how much money i lost right oh my goodness you preach it to the choir i don't even want to know so i'm not even going to look so time tracking has actually been great for me because Things that I normally would assume take a long time and where I can kind of get a bad attitude, like, oh, the client wants me to do this thing. It's going to yep. take me two hours. I'll track my time and be like, oh, that took me 15 minutes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I need to check myself and I need to, um, you know, understand that maybe I'm faster in certain areas and like some things take me slower. So um, that's helped me understand like what I'm committing to. And if someone whether it's like a current client or a past client asks for a request, I can better understand like where that fits into my time. Um, I rely on my Google calendar like a ton. Um, it's how I block time out to work. I do more like block time, like where I, I block out larger chunks of time to do stuff. And I try not to do a lot of small tasks um, in a row or spread out. So right. um that's been really huge. I'm actually looking at my phone right now. Oh, you are fine. Um, I deleted, <laughs> I deleted my Facebook account. <laughs> I know. I heard about that, which is like amazing. You deleted your Facebook it's account. Crazy. She's I deleted my Facebook. It's been amazing. Um, I was with my dad the other day and he was like about to tag me in a picture. I'm like, Oh dad, by the way, I'm not on Facebook anymore. Um, <laughs> and so the lack of that app has helped just mental clarity. Um, it was just getting a little bit too loud, a little bit too frustrating. Um, I stopped blogging, which isn't permanent. It's just something that was taking up a lot of brain power um, where I'm like, gosh, I should blog. And then it yeah. was like wasting too much time stressing about it. So I know I'll, I'll return to that form. I really like sharing my thoughts, but um you know, it just, it just right now wasn't a great time, but so we use that. And then, um, we've started, we launched an online class where we're using teachable. So I think we're depending, I'm seeing, we're depending a lot more, um, of our energies on using programs that already do the thing that we could try to do more manually or custom. Um, I think at the beginning you want sort of this like custom solution for you, but there's a reason why these apps exist. Um, and then we really try to get out of email. So we use Slack internally for conversation sharing, um, and then Basecamp to manage projects. So, um, are you two the same person? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like literally like your whole yeah. system. I'm going to say the Wonder Jam is like the North of sevenality. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So how long did it take to get you, like, how long did it take for you to find tools that work for you? I am um, obsessed with systems. So the thing is, it didn't take me that long because when it, before I start, before I quit full time, I worked a lot of admin roles, like executive assistant at small businesses. And so I was the person who had to introduce them to systems. Mm -hmm. So I was always like in different industries, everything from like general contracting to like event planning. And so it was so easy for me to find out what worked really well for them that could also translate to us so as soon as i would find something i would come home and implement it immediately i'd be like look we need to use this thing 
right now. Like this is what's keeping us organized. And it really, I think having that organization up front, even though we were, we really didn't need it because we weren't super busy has helped me now because we were, you know, crazy busy because we're doing so many different things and expanding. And so it's like, I don't have to worry about how we're tracking our time right now. Or, you know, David yells at me all the time about tracking time (laughs) because he hates doing it. He's like, it's so, but it does, it really does. Because I think that things take a long time, like you said, and then you track your time and it takes you 20 to 30 minutes to do things that you thought were miserable and would take you hours. And it maybe was hours because you just don't want to do it. (laughs) I know. It's like, it makes you question like, what was the, like, why were you dragging your feet? It wasn't even about the time. I think it's just like, this isn't what I love doing. Exactly. It's Um. 150%. And I can name 9,000 things that I like hate doing that I thought took forever. And You just avoid them. And then you you do other, like, you'll multitask. And then then you're like, oh, it took me five hours. And it's like, no, you really did a whole bunch of other things. (laughs) And I'm lucky because I just get to see, like, what's efficient by you trying out everything and knowing everything. And then I'm like, I just take, because you do the most. So then, like, I scale back from there. (laughs) Like, so I'm like, okay, she's doing these five things. So I'm going to do three of them. And then that works. So, yeah. I know. I think the thing about us, too, is, like, when it works, it works. Like, We've, I've tried out every project management system and we actually upgraded from Basecamp 2 to Basecamp 3 and I didn't like, as I was in it, I didn't like Basecamp 3 like I thought I would. Yeah. So we went back and we might not be like continuing support on that, but it will exist. And so I'm okay with being like, I don't need the the yeah. most recent, most best yeah. version. Um, I need it. It's like I teach photography too. Like we do workshops here. And I always say, and it's cliche, but the reason why the phrase, like, the best camera is the one that you use yes. is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when it comes to some of these tools, like, Slack really took quickly, and it allows us to really just use our inbox for clients. Like, I don't have to rely on sorting through a lot of right. emails. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, so I think the, the most – the Adam handles a lot more of like our, our projected finances and our day-to-day finances. And he uses YNAB, which is you need a budget. Yep. Um, and then we use, you know, we outsource, we have a bookkeeper and, um, we pay for some premium, um, more technological options. Like our hosting is a little bit more than normal because we don't want to deal with when it crashes, you know? So, um, you know, you make, you make, uh, you prioritize. And I think, Ultimately, if someone looked at me and said, oh, I time track these spreadsheets because I'm really good at that. Great. That's awesome. Oh, um, God bless that person. Sounds right? horrible. <laughs> sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's nice to finally find things that work for you. And, um, but I mostly re- like my Google calendar is why. Yeah, I that's my life. And we, yeah. I talk about this all the time about how David and I sync our calendars because that's how we know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how we would know what's happening if we you didn't. Know, Especially with a child. people to show up. Like, I assume other people would know. But anytime I'm not near my calendar, if someone's like, oh, what are you doing on Thursday? I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to Yeah. Like, yep. How do people then know that? To, That's like, such a mystery to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know what time you have open already? That must be a nice life. Man. Now, like, my mom is one of the few people that knows. Like, she'll be like, hey, do you want to have, you know, coffee? She'll be like, go to your calendar and get back to me. And I'm like, thank you for knowing, mom. I really appreciate yeah. that. I love it so you have like a million things that you're working on right now so what things can we look forward to you like to you doing in 2017 yeah so I think what we're we're really working on now is taking a lot of you know we teach a lot of courses in person and it's we're now getting to the point where we're 
we're upgrading them or changing them into becoming something online. Um, and so that's been really fun. We've been able to see what works. We've been able to get feedback from people in real time, hear their questions. And then it's, you know, props to people who do a lot of online educational pieces because it takes a lot of work um, mm-hmm. for learning that. But it's really amazing when it you start seeing the value um, based on people's feedback and, and things like that. So we've been working on that a lot. Um, and um, as far as like outside collaborations or like external projects, mostly just sticking with, you know, things with the Wonder Jam and um, really ramping up a lot of our food photography, which has been really fun. I've been shooting a lot of cookbooks. Um, and while it's not as easy to see if you're not here locally, we've we know we're going to be renewing our lease here soon and making a lot of updates here, which is just fun. You know, like you might yeah. as well make the place you work enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about that. I feel like we're we're going to be four years old this spring, and it feel you feel a little bit more. I don't know, peaceful. Like a lot of people walk in and say, like, "Oh, are you just so busy?" And it's weird to say, like, actually, I'm I am, but I'm not. It's enough. Like, yeah. I feel full, but not to the point where I'm miserable and I'm sleeping and I'm leaving the office on time. And so I think there's almost a little bit of un- there. You go through this like uncomfortable feeling when you start feeling a little bit more, um, you know, balanced. <laughs> a part of you wants to be like, shouldn't it be stressful? Um, but I have to remember that that's what I've been working towards. So it's great. No, it's super exciting. And I encourage everyone to stalk you on Instagram <laughs> and yes. like look at all the food photography because it's so gorgeous. Oh, looking. And Absolutely. just the stuff that you do with your backgrounds and everything, like all the, the prep work that goes into it. And the fact that you give all the food away <laughs> afterwards, it's crazy. We try to make everything a party. We're like, come eat all of this dessert, please. <laughs> oh my, I get like, so especially like on a day where I'm really like, Oh my gosh, I wish I lived down the street. All the more reason to jump on a plane. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll we put, honestly I, should. I was like, we should do some sort of like big event where people could travel, but then also we have all of this delicious food. Because oh like our, our studio neighbors are always like, we feel bad. We just come and eat your food. I'm like, it would just go to waste, you know? Right, I exactly. Just, like, touch half of it, you know? Um, so yeah, it's been really fun. We we try to um, make everything an event or include people in. Um, and it's really become a place where people, I feel people feel like they can be themselves. Even our clients will say, you know, like, I feel like I'm, I can truly be me, whether that's really tired or really energetic. And <laughs> that's what we, we want this place to be. So you definitely both definitely have to visit. It would be really fun. I seriously If do. there's cake involved, I'm so there. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> always, I promise. <laughs> We always have a friend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having so me. Awesome. And, um, yeah, I am, I'm honored to be on it. No, thank you. All right, guys, it's time for listener questions. And if you have any questions, you can email us at hello at heartandhustlepodcast.com or you can just go to the website heartandhustlepodcast.com and go to the contact and use the form because it's probably easier than remembering an email. So our first question is, how do you deal with an unhappy client? So this is a super broad question, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I feel like it depends on... Number obviously it depends on what you do, why they're unhappy. And um, I would say the biggest factor would be where you are in the process. So if this is a client that 
maybe it's the very beginning of the process and you're not vibing well and it's if it's a if you know that this is not like gonna go well um and this isn't a client that you necessarily feel like you need to keep then at that point i might see if there's someone else that could work right. with them. And I would help place them. Like, I don't just be like, listen, we're not working together. No, yeah, I would definitely just be like, you know, yeah, else. be like, I'm so sorry at this time. Like, I'm not sure that I have whatever it is to give you what you need. Like, I think that this person working with you would be better and get them, you know, with someone else that can give them the services they need. But if it's somebody that you want to keep as a client and they just happen to be unhappy or if you've messed up, because I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're often talking from the point of like the client is wrong, but it's like sometimes we mess up. Like, you know we're human as well so obviously correct what you did if you messed up like if if it's your fault you need to make sure that you correct what you did um and if it's not that case if it's you know complicated or if it's something on the client end um i think that if it's a client you want to keep do what you can do to make them happy obviously within reason but you know it is that whole like the customer's always right sort of thing and obviously not to a point where it's detrimental to your health or, you know, you're going really against everything with your business practices. But I think that if, if it's something that you can do to make them happy and you can fix it, just do what you can do to make your clients happy. Because yeah. client referrals and word of mouth is everything. And that's if it's the, the right client, which I'm just going to assume that it is. Because yeah. you shouldn't have gotten this far if it's not. If you're in a situation where you kind of need money and cash really quickly and that, which is totally understandable and the person just doesn't fit. Then I would think about how is the communication style going? Is there something on that end or is it a type of talent thing where they just don't like the work you're producing? Um, really try to dig into what they're unhappy about. And if they're just being unreasonable, which happens, I've definitely seen, not from my perspective, but I've had friends who've had clients who literally have emailed them ridiculous things or called them names or said really mean things. Um, At that point, you just say, well, I apologize. I don't think that we could work together and we're just going to have to cancel this contract. And most of the time, hopefully you have like a non-refundable deposit that they've already paid. So you don't even have to worry about that. Um, And just kind of move on and and cut your losses and let it be okay. Because sometimes there's just terrible clients and that... um, and then you warn everybody, like yeah. <laughs> you warn your friends, just FYI, like not like don't do a public Facebook or don't like client shaming is like, it's okay when it's really like funny and dumb to do it kind of like clients from hell style where you're not calling out somebody's name, but doing that whole like Twitter call out like, Hey, so-and-so at this bakery didn't pay me. And did it, it's kind of, it makes you look like you can't handle the situation more so than the client. So just think twice before trying to publicly shame a client for being a terrible client. But I mean, usually if a client's unhappy, it's just because something didn't go right in the communication process and you guys can go back and talk it out. Um, Usually I would say if you can try to do it face to face or if you're they're virtual, try to do it Skype where they can visually see you. Because I think a lot of times emails and written communication, um, a lot of things get misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And so it's just important that you're vocal and you're using your faith and being honest and being vulnerable at that moment and trying to figure out what's happening. So that's my suggestion. So our second question is, what are some ways to learn new skills to expand your business? Do, 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 do. <laughs> what is I get this question a lot, actually. I have a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, I am a copywriter, but I want to learn how to do development. Or I want to learn how to do design and what should I do? And I think the first steps are really um, take a step back and um, see if that's something that you really want to do before you start investing time and money into how to develop those skills. Because some things seem really nice or easy or like, uh, you know, ideal online because you may know someone that does it or you may follow someone that does it. And it's really 
sitting down and writing down what benefits you think this will have for your business, talking to someone who already does that would be a really good idea so you can get the idea about the, not just the nice things that people post online, but also what the hard work is. And if you still feel like, I really do think I'm ready to go into development or design or photography or whatever the case may be, um, invest time into classes. If it's online, I would say Skillshare, depending on what you're doing. Um, I really do think there's power in doing things um, in person. I think a lot of in-person workshops get a lot of bad rap because people like to do things online. You may be nervous about showing off your skills, but I think like our libraries here have a lot of mm-hmm. in-person workshops. Um, and then they also offer like lynda.com for free. So check with your library because a lot of libraries do offer um, free access to lynda.com right now. So I would just... Think about doing those things first, like, you know, go ahead and see if it's for you. And if you say, okay, this is going to be for me. And also, is it a skill that's going to make you money? (laughs) Um, Having skills and just have skills and say you can do them and then no one actually hires you for the skill is kind of pointless at some point. So make sure you're doing something that's going to help your clients and help you also expand, grow your business, not just to have a new skill to have a new skill, unless it's for personal reasons and go for it. So if you want more skills to expand your business, you want to learn something new, um, my go-to is Creative Live, which used to just be a platform that was mainly for photographers, but now covers everything. Um, and I think that their online workshops are really fantastic and they're very interactive. You can watch them when they're not live. Um, like they'll replay videos sometimes for free and then they normally will like sell the series later. But if you watch them live, they're normally free. And you can join the chat room and you just really get to see people like actually doing the whole thing. And I think it's kind of a great way to kind of test it out. And like you take one class and be like, is this, you know, something I really want to get involved in? Skillshare, as you mentioned, is another great one. Um, That's a little more involved of a class. So like that's why I say start with Creative Live because it's kind of like dipping your toe in. Yeah, it's it's almost like attending a workshop, but it's just not live. (laughs) Whereas like Skillshare, like you're going to be taking a class, which is great because then it actually does teach you the new skill. Um, And then after that, I would say, you know, check your your group, like check your people and see if there's anyone um, that you know already or even someone that you know, like someone that you know through another person um, that has the skill or the skills that you're looking to learn because learning them from another person is sometimes the fastest way and being able to, even if it's, you know, meaning like investing in someone in the community and um, paying them money for one-on-one lessons, sometimes you're going to get uh, much further with that much quicker than it is if you're just sitting, like, especially if it's something that's for your business that you know, like, if I get this, this is going to help my business grow in the way that I want. This is going to help me get the clients that I've been looking for, et cetera, et cetera. If it's, you know, that sort of skill and you want to learn it faster, then at that point, I would say that paying for like a one-on-one um, learning experience would be a really great option as well. And of course, practice, practice, yeah. practice. I was going to say, find people who you can practice on depending mm-hmm. on what the skill set is. So if you not, are not ready to charge people for it or I mean, somebody, you know, receive money for it um, or have whatever, you know what I'm saying. If you're not yeah. ready to charge for or get, make people pay you for it, then go out and um, just offer for free. So if you're trying to develop websites and you have a sister that's opening a bakery and she just needs like a three page site, Tell her you want to work and that's your first project and you want to really see how it goes. And then that way you can add that to your portfolio and say, hey, I built this website. Now I chart, you know, I'm charging for it. So, yeah, find people who you can also practice on as well. If you're a photographer, find somebody 
who's going to let you take pictures. There's plenty of Facebook groups of people who are looking for trade photography for models and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, portfolio building is very important. Even if you're already in business, if you're getting a new skill, yeah. just because you've built a portfolio in the past with something else doesn't. and paid your dues doesn't mean that you know what this new skill is. So kind of go back to that portfolio building mo um, mode so that you can kind of acquire those new skills in real life. Uh, and make sure that, because also it's it's one thing to do thing do things on your own, and it's another to do it for another person. Yep. So, yeah, that sounds tiring. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, like I'm always trying to, um, you know, improve in terms of hand lettering and things. I definitely have never charged for it. That's not. I mean, like outside of cards, I've never charged a client on a project to do branding for it. And I'm just just because I feel like it's not good enough, or it's not to the point where I feel like I could. So. Um, and that's just my personal experience. That's my last like skill I feel like I've kind of invested in. I think David's doing a lot of video editing classes and stuff that he's learning. And I don't know. Other than that, I feel like we're we're kind of old school. Like we're always improving the skills we have, but we definitely haven't been. Let's go out and learn a new thing for absolutely no reason. <laughs> well, this is for reasoning though. But yeah, yeah I, I feel you. Oh my goodness. So what are some things that should be in client contracts? Because I think new business owners don't. Hmm. <laughs> what are some things that should be in client contracts? I mean, there's so many things that should be in client contracts. <laughs> A segment show. Um, yeah. <laughs> clauses to protect you. Like, first and foremost, I just want to say if you are new to the whole contract situation, uh, please have a lawyer look at your contract. I know that it seems like this big fancy huge thing but believe it or not it's it's not as much money as you, you probably think. know someone that's a lawyer yeah that who might even it. do <laughs> like, it I'm like not for even free or for a good price um but just having someone who actually knows what they're doing because i understand that there's lots of contracts online um but i can't tell you how many people i've seen that have downloaded contracts online and i mean of course there's for every person that something bad happens to, there's like 10 that nothing ever happens. But it's like you just don't want to be that one that wishes that you had a more sound contract and find out the wrong way that you don't. Um, so really a contract is for protecting both yourself and the client. So obviously you just want to have stuff in there that protects you. Um, I think that it's important to have a non-refundable um, payment in there uh, because especially with hold your time yeah because you're, you're already going to do work on it yeah i was saying when, we're, when you're service based like you start and you're starting to work before the project yeah you know as you're saying like before it's the a project process. starts so yeah so you know you you don't know if someone's going to abandon you halfway through like you may have already done all the branding work for a client and you show them all of that or if you're a photographer like you've taken the photos and you haven't edited them yet right. or whatever it is like you're at that halfway point and then they just decide no i'm out and what are you going to do at that point? Especially like, especially if you charge more, like if you are in a, like a, um, uh, you do services that, you know, are in the thousands of dollars and then you're at, like, you thought you were going to make 3000 on this client and now you're making nothing. At least like have a thousand yeah. that you know is like say, even not for small amounts, If you're not taking not like a half up Something. Um, option, then you should yeah. just make the whole thing non-refundable and That's a lot my, of people i don't yeah do, a lot of people do yeah. that a lot of people are like from the beginning you need yeah, to pay if, my, if you're a project amount. generally if you're under a thousand dollars you're gonna pay me in full that's just the way that we run our business because uh, we don't take a lot of projects that are under a thousand dollars so if you're, you're not gonna waste my time basically <laughs> is what i'm trying to say and i'm not gonna waste yours you mean i really want you to be invested into it 
uh, depending, no matter how small the project is. And I really do think having that kind of clause in there, make sure that your client, you get the right client. You don't get the mm-hmm. client that's flaky because they've already invested. So yeah. they're less than likely to be like, okay, now I'm out that I've given you like, you know, already like a couple thousand dollars and now you don't hear from me again. That's and crazy. I think it's also beneficial to have a contract that you understand because yeah. some people have contracts say, and they don't understand them themselves. my next thing. If yeah. you don't understand legal terminology, now is the time to take some time, step back, and try to... I don't know mm-hmm. if you need to get a legal things for dummies or whatever. Yeah. If you don't understand what's in your contract, you don't need to be sending that contract out. You should understand every single clause that is in your contract. I think you need to have the sort of contract where if you were... And this is what I, I used to do with clients. If you were sitting across from them and explaining them and walking them through right. the contract, that you could do that exactly. in person. Even if you don't do that in person now, you need to understand it enough to be able to do that. Right. Yeah, that's definitely... Um, also... Uh, Definitely, if you're selling services that involved um, deliverables, having things to protect propriety, uh, you know, information or anything that you sell that might be proprietary, uh, make sure you have licensing put in. So especially about fonts, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand how, how typefaces work. And nine times out of ten, they're giving them the clients freely without making the clients pay for licenses and you, you have to do that legally. Um, when you download a font, you're signing an agreement nine times out of ten, if you're, especially if it's, even if it's not paid. I think free fonts as well also have agreements to them. And it's really important for you to know when you can use something commercially. Yeah, it's that, that user somebody, agreement that pops exactly, up and those people just people put like, cancel okay, or okay really or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really do think if you're doing design services and you're sending clients over typefaces, you really need to look go back and look at the terms and agreements because you may only have an agreement for one license and it's important client gets their own um other things that i think about a uh, cancellation clause so yes. if somebody cancels in the middle of a contract uh depending on how far in the contract is it's a cancellation fee because you've wasted my time a restart up fee so if the client ghosts you mm-hmm. for six months and then comes back and is like i'm ready to go yeah they have to pay to resume the project because you can you've already moved on those are things that you if you have never done business, you just learn over time or with experience. Most people don't upright think that, oh, my client's going to disappear for six months. They do. Um, I think those are the main... I was say, and then just keep in mind that there's a lot of things that are, you know, specific to business, Industry your business. So depending specific. on what you do, it might be different than what we do. But right. I know, um, you know, for example, again, if you're a photographer and you're giving people images, you need to have that information in there of like what they own, what right, you own, exactly. copyright, all of that good stuff. And that's stuff. the same with branding. I'm yeah, same with or, branding, yeah. same with video, um, you know, so it just, Website, it the code that you, you we use, our code is proprietary, so mm-hmm. it's our code. They are licensing the code from us. They don't own the code that they get. So if they take Which the is, website and duplicate it and then, you know, whatever, then yeah. they're breaking the contract. Which so. is exactly why I say hire a lawyer. Just get a lawyer in there, make sure that everything is sound, make sure that you know, they are combing over every piece of it and maybe explaining it to you in a way that in layman's terms so that you understand and you could then turn around and explain it to your own uh, clients. clients. So (laughs) it's important. And maybe we'll have a lawyer on here if this is something that you guys want to get into. If you Uh, are a lawyer and you want to If you are a lawyer, yeah. (laughs) Email us because we would love to talk law, legal things. I love legal talk, especially about creatives because I think a lot of creatives don't think Don't really get into it. The law Mm -hmm. applies. And it does, guys. Yeah, you you can get sued. So yeah, you guys enjoy and we'll see you next week. Bye.